Hello and welcome to the 90-Minute Cynic uh, Twitter and Instagram Live lunches. I'm joined by my compadre, Christian Wolf. You called me worst. I have called him worst. Uh, and we've got Alex Lawrence, the tactical, innovative expert who also loves some really interesting bands. Alex, thanks for coming. No problem. Getting I've involved. definitely called worse. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, would it Especially sl- on Twitter. Yeah, well. Would it slouch in um, Bath Street in Glasgow? Um, flock along if you've not done please <laughs> um, so yeah we're going to talk about a few different things firstly we're going to talk about Celtic uh, in Sedova um, last night which finished one each started very very brightly um, uh, it descended into I don't know um, nothingness nothingness um, Christopher Iyer looking like uh, looking good looking yeah. great as he attacked into the box doesn't know how to defend but we'll get to that I'm only joking Christopher Iyer's great but he has been receiving some criticism has he? Why? On Twitter, there's some criticism. Well, on there's always criticism on Twitter. Um, no need to get defensive. Uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's Norwegian. I'm Norwegian. It's a thing. I think, it, as you said, the game itself was after a bite opening, after Sudova scored. It kind of just nothing really happened. I don't think it was atrocious. There just wasn't any energy really, or any sort of spark of creativity in, in, in large parts. Um, I don't think Celtic would trouble defensively too much. There's a couple of things tactical we'll, we'll probably come on to with Alex, but again, it was just something it's just a bit meh really, and it's it's just it, it's quite it, it looks like something's just not firing, something's not right in terms of the organisation, or I hate to say energy levels I think that's a cop-out to say like, you lack intensity, but kind of what came true yeah at first I love a cop out um, I'm, I'm going to make, have a quote uh, players don't become bad overnight Alex what do you think is there a malaise at Parkhead what do you think it is from a tactical point of view what are we doing wrong well I think that certainly if you look at look at recent games because um, this is something that's that's been going on maybe for a few weeks now you can probably even go back to the start of the season and coming off the Allerskirt uh, victories there and really since then there hasn't really been that same level of like I said Christian saying that hasn't really been firing yet so yeah players don't become poor overnight absolutely not but still there's again Christian mentioned t- touching it there there's definitely been a lack of intensity yeah in the in the certainly in the pressing um, from the first season from the second season where that was such a strong hallmark of that Brendan Rodgers side that they were so good in pressing that it didn't really matter if they weren't that special in terms of how they kept the ball, because they'd get the ball back anyway. Yeah. Um, but certainly, there's a lot. We've seen a lot more that Celtic are now defending more, more reserved to slightly deeper, um, and that's causing some problems there. So, the player, the players don't become bad overnight, but they're being put in worse situations through. And I think through, that's uh, intensity. Yeah, in games, uh-huh. yeah. More than any other part of the pitch, it's, it's a Celtic defence that's got the brunt of the criticism yeah. probably so far. Now, I think there's a difference between having a bad defence and being bad defensively. Certainly. Because I think, while individually, in, in the defence there's there's mistake among the players, I think the bigger issues are more how Celtic defend as a team, yeah. as a unit. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and Alex touched upon it there in terms of the pressing, that maybe in that first line of pressing they're not aggressive enough. But also, we saw a couple of times... Yesterday and also against Patrick, which Alex wrote an article on that. Look what he's doing with his hand. <laughs> we had glasses, we could have gone Phil Pedro <laughs> and it's done everything. Uh, but essentially, it seems like Celtic is very static in terms of there's, there's a lot of space between yeah. the attack, midfield, and defence. And within, say, the midfield, they're all kind of in a line, they're not really staggered. Yeah. And that's kind of caused problems in the goal against Patrick and also maybe Sudova's best chance yesterday. Yeah. I mean that was certainly a, that was a feature that we saw against against Partick is that Partick were able to pick up the ball a lot in those in those big gaps behind Lee Griffiths behind Tom Rogic uh, in those wee areas where Scott Browning and Cham couldn't really or sorry where Scott Browning and Cham couldn't really get to um, and it's those same spaces that they shouldn't really be open for a team that's got aspirations of being a Champions League team if you do that in Europe against if that was. Say last season against PSG, seven 0 Ah, exactly. Yeah. You get ripped. 
Can, can I ask, um, obviously Mikey Johnson made his European debut yesterday and there was a lot of positives to take from that. Absolutely. But from a positional point of view, he maybe didn't necessarily know where he should have been at points. I think Brendan Rodgers touched on that and said that um, essentially players are not, they're, they're coming off of their position of where they should be. I think he was probably spe- speaking specifically of Mikey Johnson. How did you see his performance overall? So, with Mikey Johnson, you have... He's such an exciting player because he's a player that we don't really see a lot of that type in Scotland. The player who's so, so dynamic in terms of how he can come off the wing and how he can go 1v1. Similar to, say, someone like a Gary Mackay-Steven or something like that. But in the game against Partick, we saw that he isn't really as effective when he moves inside. Yeah. Because he's, again, it's, it's a bit of a... It's more of a subtle touch there when you're inside. You have to make sure you have to be really aware of a lot of things. You need to make sure you're not blocking passes to other players. You need to make sure you're ready for for recombination play and that type of thing. And it seems that at the moment, Mikey Johnson isn't quite there yet. It doesn't mean to say that he's not developing now because he's absolutely he's in the best place for it. Um, but certainly that's a part of his game that he will certainly need to improve. I think we saw that last and, night as well. And I think. When Celtic have been firing at their best under Brendan Rodgers, you talked a lot about what you call the half spaces. So yeah. The half space is basically the space between the wing and the central midfield. Yeah. And especially down the left, the first season with, with mm. Tierney and Sinclair were very clever. Yeah. And you've kind of seen Forrest and, and Gamboa maybe in the last couple of games recreating some of that. Mm. But it's that's where range, uh, Celtic's attack is falling down more than anything, just not being able to be creative enough in those kind of between spaces. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's... You end up with games like the Athens games where they were maybe so focused on the left and right half spaces that they kind of neglected a lot of play through the centre. Mm-hmm. And because Tom Rogic likes to go so far over to the right half space and Cal McGregor was playing so far over to the left half space, they couldn't really play together at all. Yeah. Um, so, that, so if you kind of remove that, then it becomes a wee bit one-dimensional. You end up getting stuck down one side. Um, so what needs to change in terms of, you know, Celtic's got... Hamilton at the weekend and yep. sort of again and then Rangers next weekend which yep. we'll come on to what do Celtic and Ben Rodgers need to do in terms of the players and essentially organisationally going forward well again you look at the Partick game I think the Partick game was a direct chance it was a direct attempt rather to try to resolve some of these issues to try to really force the players to play more centrally and with more with more combinations in the centre but you see that these players they aren't really used to it and you could tell that they weren't really ready to, to play in the centre to play through like that and to be incisive through those spaces uh, and to play with the short combination play that, need and that you need in those areas so when it comes to how you, what you do going forwards either you you really push that in training and you really work on the players to be ready to play with the combination play to be ready in terms of body positioning and timing of movement all those type of things or you you keep going with the wing approach and trying to trying to break through down the wings now with Tierney and Forrest last night that was that was fine in fact they got a lot of decent chances just through breaking through the wings like yeah. that and indeed against Partick you see the, the goals that they scored all came through that uh, through those flanks there so I think that certainly I think that that approach for Celtic is a, is a strong one yeah. there aren't many teams in Scotland who can deal with that just simply with the pace of the likes of Tierney Forrest Sinclair if he plays there and then combined with the sort of with the connection play the link up play of McGregor and, and Rogic and stuff can, can I jump in for a second um, so you know we the layman football fan which I would consider myself to be um, handsome though which is important um, but obviously we're looking at the defence and we're seeing how Celtic are conceding goals, right? Um, we talked about it on the podcast last week about how, or the week before, about how Brendan Rodgers has a specific way of playing football. Do you think personnel would change how we defend? Or do you think that we're always going to defend a certain way that it's just about getting used to the way we defend and experience doing that? Or do you think a change of personnel would help tighten us up? If you So if you buy a big bad ugly bastard to play centre back will that help No, I'm or, not, or, or will it just I'm not even make say, it worse I'm not even saying that what I'm saying is if we bring in a technically sound ball playing central, uh, central defender who's got a little bit of experience will that ultimately make us better or do you think that the way we defend 
you know, it's about the system as opposed to the players. I think that, especially certainly in that in that example there, you bring in a player who's better on the ball from the back, and then all of a sudden your opportunities higher up the pitch with the ball improve. Yeah. You're more able to bring the ball forwards. You're bringing the ball in more uh, forwards less riskily. Um, so you look at maybe Jack Henry, the type of mistakes that he's been making, he dribbles in, he plays it short, Rosenborg goal and at Celtic Park, for example. You don't get them. So you're bringing the ball into the other team's half better. Then when you lose it, you're better placed to win it back straight away. So it's a kind of knock-on effect. So if you improve one small aspect, one small aspect there, so maybe that might be bringing in a player or just improving a player through training. But you improve one small aspect and then lots of, other, yeah, lots of other things start to improve as a result of it because essentially what, I was, what I'm trying to get at is no matter we could bring in a terrific ball playing centre half who's going to improve our team absolutely it's going to improve the team but it's not going to stop goals like we conceded yesterday yeah I mean the goal we conceded yesterday was amateurish and it's it's not the first time that a goal like that has been scored this season that's either. kind of my main so point so you yeah. go I watched 92 minutes against Livingston and I was like, oh, okay, that's 90 second, 90 second minute, here's a free kick, but I'm just going to turn it off, no, I'm, I'm done here. <laughs> and then I look back at the final score, and it's 3-1, and I'm thinking, how on earth has that gone in? So you go back at it, and it was not the same move, but it was a similar idea. Yeah. Just a simple one defender's marking two guys, or one defender's just let another man get away from him. And then the gamble was case last night, it was a particularly say, embarrassing one at the back post to... Would you blame Gamboa for that or would you blame Gordon or would you <coughs> bit of both because both are getting flat for it. Yeah, I mean, Gordon does look like he should be coming out for it because Gamboa has just left it. But I think that Gamboa has got to at least be aware of where the man is. Yeah. And then if he's not aware, then you drop anyway. But as soon as... It, you can say that maybe he's trying to keep in the offside line, fair enough. But once the ball's kicked, he's still standing still. So that's a bit of an odd one. I think in, in the piece you wrote about Celtic and Fissel what was interesting is Jack Henry because mm. Jack Henry is supposed to be comfortable yep. and be able to pass and, and, and dribble or at least have the skills to do that but you're saying in terms of you know when you're playing against a lone striker mm-hmm. the centre-backs in a year and Henry should be able to get around the yeah. opposition striker yeah. when they're trying to build up play mm-hmm. but what we've seen is maybe especially Henry he's in a space where he doesn't feel comfortable doing that and Brown is seeming to having to drop down and help him, and that's kind of disturbs the ability. Yeah, yeah. Because um, again, that's that's just another knock-on thing there. So Henry maybe not being so comfortable bringing the ball forwards uh, on the right-hand side, and in fact, just generally just looking shaky in possession, maybe taking too long to move the ball on. His passing's not great either. Yeah. So, so then again, so just as, as a result of that, Brown has to come over slightly more to the right just to help out, just to shore things up. So all of a sudden, Brown isn't an option in the centre or he's not able to get to the left-hand side. So the left-hand side suffers and then the right-hand side suffers because, again, they're not able to reach it as, as easily. It's just a knock-on effect. So one yeah. small aspect knocks and, everything on. And, and I think we've talked... I, I think Ken, Jack Henry, as a player, he's got a great skill set and he's got a lot of talent, but he seems to be in a he really... He keeps saying that, man. And I'm not... I'm, listen, I'm a fan of Jack... Sorry to jump but, in. I'm a fan of Jack Henry, but... His passing's not very good. His positioning doesn't seem to be, and maybe that's just the pressure of being at Celtic. But you keep saying he's got a really good skill set. Ayer has a terrific skill set. I was bamming you up at the start, but Ayer, you can see, is going to be a quality player. He's still going to make mistakes at this this point because of the situation. But you can see the skill set he's got. I can't see it with Jack Henry. I just think with Henry at the moment, he is in a place Tough position, yeah. that also, as, as Alex says, they're about the knock-on effect that. Because he seems low and confident, he's also not as aggressive when Celtic are pressing. Yeah. So you kind of need somebody when Celtic are high up or a counter attack is coming against Celtic, you need somebody to press up high and be aggressive. But Henry and maybe the whole Celtic defensive line isn't aggressive enough. Maybe because they're in like not very high on confidence as well. So by playing on the safe side, they're kind of not pressing up with the rest of the team. And that's helps create all these big spaces behind the midfield and between the midfield and so, the so it's, it's kind of a knock-on effect for everything so right, I, I completely get what you're saying but this all boils down to recruitment yeah, yeah. so everything that the experts have been saying the defenders of Brendan Rodgers the def- defenders of Peter Lawwell it doesn't really matter essentially if we get it right at the back there'll be a positive knock-on effect 
the way that there is a negative knock-on effect, midfield down, trying to help out. So essentially, it all comes down to recruitment. Yeah. Well, I, a, I, lot, a lot of it, anyway. A lot of it but I also be. think, defensively, the Celtic defence isn't getting a lot of help from the midfield and attackers and, and organisationally as a whole. I think, say, yeah, I think you need something in terms of recruitment, but also that team can work a lot better defensively as a, as a unit. Because yesterday in Cham started very, very brightly, scores the goal, he's playing some intricate passing, he's doing really, really well, and then about the 35th minute, he just drops off, uh, and he does very little for the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, gave the ball away about five or six times within a you know 10-minute period at one point. Um, Scott Brown, I, I don't really know where he was yesterday. Yeah. Um, Callum McGregor's always ingenuitive, Always trying his best. Always, you know, trying to make things happen. I know you're a fan. Yeah, I was going to say, don't don't start him on Callum McGregor because we don't have that so, much time. But in terms of Scott Brown, yeah, because he's a really interesting Scott Brown. part of this Celtic team. You said Scott Brown. <laughs> what did I say? You said Scott Brown. Well, he's, well that's a new name. On holiday. <laughs> yeah. 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 But what do you think about Scott Brown? Because we've been talking about his start to the season. Yeah, I think that the Scott Brown that we're seeing now is very different to the Scott Brown we saw a couple of years ago. Even a, certainly a couple of years ago and definitely last season as well um, not just in terms of his physical capability I don't think he's as able to to cover as much space now at the age of what is he 30, 33 33 33 now he's not able really to cover as much space as he was a couple of years ago which means that he isn't able to defend aggressively forward as he maybe was previously but also in terms of his play with the ball when he's played with the ball, he's never really been incisive in forwards and looking for gaps and looking to bring the ball into into higher spaces. But certainly last night we saw that a lot. Because he was often the free man in the centre, a lot of responsibility was shouldered onto him. Yeah. In terms of bringing the ball forwards, moving it side to side, spotting the gap, playing through, getting McGregor, getting Cham involved, getting Mikey Johnson in. And yet a lot of the time the play was just going tyranny. Gamboa yeah Ayer Tierney Gamboa oh McGregor's coming out McGregor in there so listen Scott Brown is a fantastic fantastic defensive midfielder you're not allowed to slag him off or, <laughs> no he is he is for, for a for a Scottish team he is he's really really improved his game under Rodgers yeah and he's been really hugely effective in that Partick Thistle game he was a game changer and just the wee, the wee roles that he was playing uh, initially and then later on he changed the game how he, how he pulled out but there are some things which he isn't really comfortable doing and that those playing those wee short passes into midfield isn't now I know it's a bit silly to compare someone to Sergio Busquets but you can you look at what Sergio Busquets does or did or does did for Barcelona and that was, that was his big thing was that he was able to get the ball in there and it was bang Messi it was Pedro between the lines it was David V over the top it was incisive it was forwards it brought the team up two words for you near Beton well oh look at that smile he's uh, loving it he's loving that's it that's two words that is two words mm-hmm. two you're words. not wrong yeah. oh, oh not positive <laughs> no no like, it's, it's yeah sure oh. maybe <laughs> he's tall and yeah. he's got a really good pass on him kind of like Busquets yeah <laughs> okay let's move on <laughs> that's where it, and that's, yeah but just, sorry to jump in just thingy Celtic are very predictable mm. and that's the biggest issue for me personally because yeah. when we were 1-0 when, when, when Sedova sat with you know pretty much 11 men behind the ball yesterday the ball went across across yeah. across yeah. it would break in midfield and someone would the have you. a shot the big dirty the you. Yeah. and how can we get away from that? So that's just a culmination again of the things we talked about before with there isn't really a whole lot of central combination play so Sudova knew that if they just sat off or even if they wanted to press a wee bit higher and if they did leave those central gaps so open Celtic really aren't going to play in that there was a couple of times when Ayer looked for Dembele in between the lines and Dembele's trying to set it off to someone but Encham's too far away Yeah. or McGregor's too far away or Brown's too far away and it kind of breaks down there or same with Mikey Johnson if you want to play him in um, so I think if you develop that threat in the centre and all of a sudden teams have to defend more narrowly it gives more room for, uh, for Kieran Tierney in the wing gives more room for Sinclair to run in gives more room for Lee Griffiths in behind all these types of things Would it not have made more sense though to play Tom Rodgick yesterday because he's got a little bit of spark and he can do something in that kind of 10 space that you know 
with with Tom Rogic, you're absolutely in terms of what he can do on the ball, fantastic. The problem is that as of late, he isn't really playing a whole lot in no. that ten space. He's playing more really quite wide right. Um, whereas before it used to be just a cute wee thing. Oh, he likes to he plays a lot on the right hand side of the centre. And then after the World Cup, it's kind of like, oh, well, we have right-wing Tom Rogic over here. I'm not quite sure how to going to fit him in. Um, so, yeah. He needs that freedom then. Yeah, but also at the same time, he's, he'd probably be a lot more effective in the summer more central, in my opinion anyway. So, yeah. I'm, I think that once it comes clear that Encham hasn't been hugely effective, then maybe Tom Rogic. But then you have problems in terms of pressing and defensive aspects as well. So, a bit of a balancing act there. Obviously, two games before this, but you've also been writing about Rangers. Yeah. How they've been looking tactically from at, at the start of the season, and for me, also true. You're writing it's a lot about what to do out wide. Yeah. Especially certainly. the fullbacks. You know, it's probably going to be Pulisic and Tavernier, mm-hmm. and how they can combine with the wide forwards, but also how Rangers sell central midfielders at least the eights yeah. on each side of the centre kind of drops that wide as well mm-hmm. so both when they're building up from the back and a bit higher up they try to do these triangles along the side so what does Celtic need to do to disturb them in their build-up play but also half them snap them get your on them and, I'm, and amongst it sorry yeah. no no <coughs> that's what, maybe that's what Alex is going to say now you know right out <laughs> <laughs> I think should have them <laughs> um, or the Peter Hartley route um, well, so yeah well um, no but uh, yeah I think that at the, at the moment we ha- we're yet to really see a team press Rangers build up that effectively because um, it's very much from Goldson sending the ball diagonally yeah. quite high Right, fullbacks are quite high yeah. up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because they're allowed to be quite high up because yeah. the centre mid pulls out and sort of covers that that fullback area. Um, but yeah, if you're able to to press those guys and maybe the fullbacks are forced to be a bit deeper and maybe that sort of throws the throws the wide triangles out of sync a little bit. Because um, certainly those are where a lot of Rangers attacking threat have come so far this season. Um, just I think mainly because it's quite a quick and easy thing that a lot of those dynamics were already there Tavernier and Candace yeah. they already had quite a good partnership and oh, you throw in a, a centre mid there to kind of let Tavernier go up and he'll do that himself and the same as Barisic I mean these are kind of small scale um, interactions there so it's not really huge, nothing hugely complex but it's still really effective Just as we're kind of finishing up because we don't want to go on too long um, We're hungry Yeah, mm. yeah. We don't you don't want Obviously, every team you have to look at them and think about of a way to beat them. But you, Celtic won't change the way how they play football. No. Do you think Rangers will do something similar, a variation of what Sadova did, sit in and then just try and hit us in the counter attack like they did? They've always done. They've kind of always yeah. played that sort of role. It's, it's it's difficult to tell, especially with the new manager how he'll how he'll approach it. Maybe he'll say, "Well, we need to go out and press and and force them into mistakes and." Get right up them and all that. You know, all he the, did a wee thing there. All the, all the, all the usual. Um, or maybe he'll go to the approach they did against Maribor away from home, where they did just sit. I think that at the moment, certainly against Maribor, they were quite disciplined in terms of the defence, but I don't think they're quite there yet. No. Um, and I think that if Celtic are even. If that is the route that Rangers will go down, then I think that Celtic, even if they. Even with some of these issues that we've spoken about before, I think that they should be able to to find the gaps and to play through them and to arrive at the box with, with plenty of players and plenty of crosses. And then it becomes a case of can you get past that penalty box defending that Rangers have been so good at so far this season. Um, and then you have Cham and Rogic who no doubt score a goal from like 20 yards or something like that. Yeah. Well, do you know, we want you... As part of our kind of build up to the the Celtic and Rangers game throughout the week, um, any other kind of things you want to bounce off, Alex? No, I don't. Know if you have any music questions or I've got plenty of music questions, yeah. but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Uh, that's another lunch. That's another lunch. <laughs> yeah. Um, Claire behind the camera, thanks very much. Steady um, work. Steady work. Uh, Alex, as always, pleasure. We'll get Thank you involved this week with some stuff. Absolutely. Christian, as always. As always. <laughs>
Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic Extra podcast, your guide to the weekend's football. I'm doing it in a very Scott sporting sort of way. Um, I'm joined by Chris O'Malley. Hello, great to be back here again. Yep, and uh, McCaffrey Louis. It's Friday, yes, come on. It's party time. Uh, so, in the Cynic Extra podcast, we kind of look forward to the weekend games. Uh, Celtic have a game against Hamilton, which is maybe not the best, uh, most exciting game, but it's on a Sunday and it's at three o'clock. And Chris Romani, what is your... You'll, you'll be going to it, mm-hmm. of course. Um Thanks for reminding me it was on Sunday, actually. Would have uh, turned up on Saturday, had you not reminded me. That would have been hilarious. Like something out of, uh, like, still game. Aye. Would have been like Do you like some... still game? Ah, it's okay. It's not my cup of tea, really, but I, I get why people think it's funny, because it's old people saying shite, isn't it? Aye. Uh, what's your kind of thoughts? Like in fact, podcast. before before we get that, before we actually get to the game, uh, how are you feeling about the league? So, uh, one. What? It's one. <coughs> uh, As I said on Tuesday, when I was here, it's too early to tell, Christopher. No, I no no. I'm I'm talking I'm talking about. Pish. You've spent the last however many podcasts you've been on, essentially moaning about how dreadful we are, and then you come away with it. I don't think there's any danger though. You don't seriously think there's any danger. Fucking Hugh Keevan sitting here. Go- Shut your face. Try to say do I think we're going to win the league? Yes. I'm not back. No, I'm not saying they're back. Do I, I think we're going to? Do I think we're going to win the league? Yes, I think we're going to win the league. Good. Say Can I tell if they're going to be closer to us? No, because it's too early. Does not matter if we're closer? They're still roll first. <sighs> if we win it by five points, we win it by ten points. Does it really matter, Christopher? He's really lowering the tone of your podcast. He's really lowering the tone podcast? of our it's, our it's podcast. Not his podcast. It's our podcast. I mean, it is mine, but it's ours as well. Uh, he's putting that public show face on when I when he presses save at the end of this podcast. He just talks about how it's his podcast and how great he is and everything about Chris Gallagher. Refers to himself in the third person when he's not recording. Are you are you done? Yes, gal. Good. Do you want to be on it next week, pal? Aye? Maybe. That banging's going to be in the podcast. Uh, so, what, what you, what you, what's your expectation level going into a game against Hamilton? I mean, the Livingston game... Phil's <laughs> 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 moving dread. I know, to be fair. Um, I mean... Here, like, get yours out in the plastic pitch. I was looking at the... <laughs> It's at home, you fucking dick. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, damn. I was looking at the um, looking back at you know some obviously the results we've had, like the Livingston game, we absolutely dominated, um, but we only scored three goals. Is that a worry? The fact that we're not maybe taking the chat, we're not as clinical in front of goal as. Nah, I wouldn't say so. I mean that the Livingston game was was just a an opening season game, you know, whereby we we had to do what we had to do. Similar to the Thistle game, the only game. The only games that we've had to perform in this season, we haven't. <laughs> so, uh, I, I'm pretty sure in terms of Hamilton at home, we'll, we'll have enough in the bag. Even having travelled away to Lithuania, I think I think it'll be one of those games where we'll just do enough, especially at home. Is, it, is this a game where you would bring, obviously with the game, uh, you know, in, travelling back from Lithuania and stuff, is this a, a game you look at and you think, well, we are going to rest players, or do you think he's resting too many players? Do you think there's... Like, why, why are players being rested at this point in the season? This I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Okay, so you would just go the strongest team absolutely. here in, it should here have been, It should have been the strongest team that went out against um, Hearts. It was the strongest team that yeah, went that- out against Livingston. Yeah, you know when that tie was with the with the European fixtures, correct call. Then you you know you play Hearts, you change it all for a, a, a trip to Tynecastle, and then again we had the the Partick Thistle game. Again, if that if there was ever a time to rest players, it was the Partick Thistle game. You rest some players. Now we're back to it. Now players shouldn't be rested. I thought we just came back. In pre-season, the fittest we've ever come back under Brendan Rodgers. So why are players suddenly having to get a rest? Well, we've got injuries. Edward, for example, is probably gonna he's going to miss this game. Um, he's injured. Uh, Griffiths is still not 
fully up to speed. Don't know how long it's going to take him to get up to speed, but he looks off it a little bit. Guys like Abui Kwasi. Um, Not even in the squad for Partick Thistle. Yeah. Last weekend. Again, well, we keep coming back to him, but it's just it's just quite quite odd. Um, but with the Thistle game, um, sorry, with the, the Hamilton game, do you just put out your strongest team and just go for it? We've obviously got this game, then we've got Seduva Parkhead, and then we've got the first uh, domestic test of the season um, in, in Rangers. So would you just be, would you look at this game as... Just strongest eleven and just go from there. Would yes, you, just I think go from there. First from, eleven from Thursday uh, into Sunday and I assume it's the next Thursday. Yeah, um, I think we should be playing the same team. Um, injuries aside, obviously that you can't account for in the next four games. We shouldn't go into the Rangers game playing a different team. I think I think we should get the guys that we think that are going to be are, are going to play them and just play them all the way up. Uh, what, what what's your thoughts on Arzani? Um, would you would you take an opportunity to give him maybe fifteen twenty minutes for this game, or would you maybe look at bedding him in a little bit later on in the in the next couple of months? Well, from what I gather, he's he's well behind the pace, so it might be a wee while before we see him. Um, I mean, we've seen, seen him on YouTube and you know glimpses at the World Cup. There's a talented player in there. He might play. May play a bit bigger role later on in the season. Um, but I've got my, my friend lives in Australia and he's seen him a number of times in the flesh, and he says that he, in in Australia he's like he's head and shoulders above everyone. Like he's he's beyond, like you know. Be, be, and he 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 watches Central Coast Manners and he talked to me about Tom Logic before Tom Logic signed. Um, Does he start for Australia? Yeah, he's Tam doesn't. No. Yes, he does. does. Nah, Tam does pretty much. Behave yourself. I think it does. I tell you who doesn't. He started every game. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure we're at, at what the the guy that gave up his un- England Under Twenty World Cup dream or whatever it was they won for us. No one, Show a bit of respect. No one has Under Twenty One dreams. Behave Show yourself. a bit of respect. And if he does, that shows. Was his Alex? Ambition. Were you on the pod when Alex was on? No. No, you were. Yeah, I was. I know, but he wasn't. She said he doesn't start. He, he did, he started, She's Australian. He started all the World Cup games. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. No, he didn't. I did. All of them? Aye. The three of them? Even the final. <laughs> so, did he last the full 270 minutes? Of course he didn't. No, but he started them, so he lasted at least 25 per game. Because you used to have, yeah, talk amongst yourself. Anyway, so, Louis, what's your thoughts on the Hamilton game? Are you just looking to... Because I've got some stats. I've got a stats corner section I'm going to do. I'd like three points, Christopher, to be honest with you. Uh, here's the stats corner. Um, so, Celtic versus, these were g- given to me by Christian Wolf as part of his modern Mostly football thing. Uh, Hamilton commit the most fouls in the league so far. Interesting. Um, they have, they're committing 17 per game, I think which is a lot. So 17 on average. Celtic are bottom of that group. So we're committing the, committing, committing the least amount of fouls. Um, Celtic are by far the most passer, uh, the most, they have the most passes per game in the league. So Celtic on average have about 661 per game. And uh, Hamilton have 349. To be fair, Jack Henry account for quite a lot of that just passed it between themselves trying to figure out what way to run Rangers are fourth in that though which is quite surprising they're dead Celtic, Aberdeen, Hibs, Rangers um, so passes into the penalty box Celtic have the second highest Aki's the second lowest um, but you know this is quite interesting do you know who the most fouled player is this season so far I know it's not a we're in its infancy. Enlighten me. Scott Brown has been the most fouled player this season. Alright. Yeah. This podcast ain't a die. Carrying an injury, wouldn't he? Aki's have the lowest amount of chances um, and the highest amount of shots conceded. I've got a question. What? Do I need to tweet in or can I ask? Go on. If you had one Celtic player in the team just now who isn't a centre-half 
that you think could play centre half, who would it be? Well, Beton can play centre half, can't he? No, no, no. But okay, out of the players that are playing oh, just aye. now, what's happening? What's happening with Beton? He's he's still injured. Right. Okay, that's an interesting question, Louis. Um, a player who you think we think could play centre half, f- who's currently in it or around the squad just now? Uh-huh. That isn't a natural centre half, but you think could play it. Dembele. Aye, Dembele. I, I, I think could play centre half. I, I genuinely do. He's strong. He's powerful. He's a decent passer. He's got good technique. He can read the game pretty well. Absolutely. Would I want him to play centre half? Absolutely not. But this is a totally. You wanted me to say Scott Brown, right? But no, I didn't. I just wanted you to say whoever you wanted to say. First of all, Kiyasi. I wasn't filling your head with nonsense. Kiyasi. Kiyasi. Yep. We know fuck all about that guy. We don't even know anything about him. Um, so just uh, to be honest, this this podcast is taking an absolute fucking nosedive. Um, well, you better pick it up, sir. Uh, pick it up. League table uh, fixtures. So this weekend we've got Hibs, Aberdeen, Kelly, Hearts, and Rangers are away to Motherwell. Do you think that's going to affect them coming back from? Not coming back from because they are at home. But Motherwell away, biggest test of their season so far. I know, um, I know they had Aberdeen in the opening game, but the opening game takes care of itself. Uh, well, there, there was an assumption that uh, Kilmarnock would have given them that test in the League Cup because of how well Steve Clark done uh, last season. Um, I think we're forgetting, though, that their most influential player, Malumbu, is no longer there. Yeah. So I think that would have really affected their ability to dominate the midfield the way that they were capable of doing. Um, I would still assume that they're better than Motherwell, though. I don't. I don't see Motherwell, but it could Motherwell, be a physical game. But I don't, I don't know if they'll provide much. Yeah, Motherwell have had such a poor start to the season. Yeah. though I can't imagine them really doing much. They've, they've went backwards. I think. Are you waiting for Rangers to trip up, or no. do you think it's just going to come to us to beat them and then knock them off their pedestal and then they'll start to kind of wobble a bit? Or do you think if they get a draw against us, for example, that that'll kind of catapult them on to keep? Kind of keep going. What you, what wait, do you expect the wheels to fall off at some point, or do you think they're of going course, to be? There is no way that they're going to go through the season winning every game. They're obviously going to have a sticky patch at, at some point. That's going to happen. But do you expect? But, my point is, do you expect the wheels to completely fall off the way it has in the past, or do you think no, they're just going to wobble and then get? I th- I think they'll struggle against the top teams. I think they'll they'll struggle against us, Aberdeen and Hibs. I, I would be surprised if he took a lot of points off of the three of us. And Hearts. And Hearts and Hearts as well, the way Hearts are playing. So I think they'll really struggle against those teams, but I'll be, I think they'll be the best of the rest. I think they'll probably do enough to finish second over the piece. Um, I think they'll but, finish second comfortably, to be honest. But I, re- I really think the Edinburgh teams this year are really going to stay with the pace. Yeah, I'd like to hope so. Um, I, I, you know, I highlighted Hearts being a team that I think probably uh, they've got such a unique style in that they're just fucking rugby players. But they, I think I think they've got something about them that some of the other teams don't do. What do you, what's your take on it, Chris? On all of that, what we just said. All that that you just said. Uh, I think Hearts. Um, I think Hearts' physicality will be. Uh, will be an asset to them this season and that they'll they'll be able to compete against most teams. Consistency wise though I think that they'll slip up against some of the, the, the lesser teams because that advantage won't overcome uh, you know that they'll they'll come up against other teams like Motherwell for example will just match that as opposed to when they play against us it's it's it, it hampers us. So I, I think that they'll not they they'll they won't finish as high as some of the other teams. Hibs, I think Hibs's problem is they're bonkers. Yeah, it's going to be a total shootout with them. You know, they defensively they're really frail, but you know they just seem to go gung ho. Um, they'll win a lot of games four three, uh, three two. And you know, then you saw the five each game with Rangers at the end of last season. So I think um, I think they were a lot of fun to watch, but I think at times they'll lose key games. It's difficult to f- uh, consider what Aberdeen will be like. Um, They've you know they've lost a bit of quality from last season, um, but McInnes has consistently had them winning. Doesn't seem to win big games, but what McInnes does is he gets them best of the rest. Gets, yeah, the best of the rest as Lloyd called um, called Rangers. Um, Rangers again, 
we'll see. Am I waiting for them to slip up? Slip up? Yeah. What, what I'm saying is, do you think, uh, you know, the way that they lost a couple of games under the last two managers and they just completely went, yeah, exploded. Whereas this, I think they'll lose games, but I think, I think they'll stay on track, if you know what I mean. Right. And that's, I think there'll be bumps in the road, but I think they'll be more consistent. And I, I don't expect the whole thing to collapse the way everyone else kind of is because it's happened in the past. I don't think it will happen this time. I think we'll win the league, and I think, but I do think they'll they'll finish second. What I, the way I they, hope they collapse. Yeah, the way they've set up so far, I think that they'll struggle against teams that are defensive against them. Yeah, because they look hard to score against. They've got that they've got like a, a you know a system that's that, that's hard to break down. They've looked a lot more rigid at the back. McGregor's an upgrade on the keepers that they had previously. Um, it's tough, tougher to score against them. But see if they're playing against teams that sit in. Um, it's you know that that's when I think that you might see them start to slip up because although they're not going to concede many goals, despite the fact Morelos got a hat trick, going forward you wonder if they've got quality to eke out results in 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 these games. I mean. Free from from middle to front, is there any player that would get into our first team? Uh, no. No. There's nobody that you would... They lack finesse, I think. See Odson Edward, the way he just cuts a boot? What's his walk like, Louis? <laughs> oh. No. Um, I, you know, Edward and uh, <coughs> Dembele, they, they just... And, and Cham, it's just finesse. It's class. Well, they don't have any technical cl- ability. You know? yeah. so this, this, this is the thing, right? See if we play them, right? Heaven forbid we play them on the second and they get a 1-0 win because they've sat in and they've hit us in the break, right? You know what the press will be like? They'll be in absolute uproar, right? Gerard Masterclass. Gerard Masterclass. He's done what they've not done. This, that and the next thing. But that's... That's always possible, the way that they're going to set up and the way that they set up in Europe against uh, the Croatian team. And, and It's how we lost to Kilmarnock last year. Yes, exactly, and, and against Barabal, that's always possible. The proof in the pudding will be when they play against teams that set up the same way as them. I absolutely think that that will be the case. And I think we've, you might find them get drawn a lot of games, you know, when they go When they go to Perth or when they go to Tynecastle. Exactly. Or, or even, even Motherwell might be a perfect example of it because there'll be a... They'll, they'll, they'll match their physicality, and it's it's whether or not they've got the creativity to overcome sides like that. That will be the proof will be in the pudding. That there are some you, you can see them winning uh, games against some of the bigger sides, one 0 or whatever. You know, sitting a lot like they did against Aberdeen. They didn't look particularly good, but Aberdeen, apart from the, the shot in the last minute, didn't look like scoring against them at any point. Aberdeen looked dreadful in that game. Yeah, you know, there was far more organisation. So. I think what we 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 need. To, I, th- I think we'll see them slip up in games like that. So the game, sorry, Lou. No, I was just going to say that I think ultimately, not just with them, but in general, we we are still in control of our own destiny. And if if we want to, t- if we turn up, get our shit together and turn up, we beat anybody that we play domestically. We beat anyone because on our day we're. We're a much better team with much better players. I think the the worrying thing just now is the lack of confidence. It's all mental, I think. Obviously, as I said earlier, we do need to strengthen. We need a bit of freshness. The, the, we need a bit of freshness. Yeah, but the team overall needs it needs its confidence back. Absolutely. Um, so this game against uh, Hamilton Academical, um, strongest lineup. So essentially, uh, Gordon, <coughs> Tierney, Lustig... Ayer, Hendry. Lustig at right back? No. Right back in the bus. No, no, no. And Cham, Brown, Rogic. Three in the back against Hamilton. Come on, you're not playing four. Alright, okay, so Ayer, Simunovic and Hendry. No, no I, I think we need to play the, the same team. As yeah, I said yeah. In the four games, so I'm going four at the back. So you're going to go with the but team? Lustig, but Tierney will just be Danish usual. You know, up and down the wing and setting goals up and all that. So you would go with um, Gamboa, Tierney, Simonovic and uh, Ayer? Yeah. That's your back four. So that's your back four going forward until someone's brought in? As depressing as that is, I. 
That's our Europa League back four, unless someone's brought in. What would you want me to do? No, no, I'm not. Yeah. This, I'm not blaming yeah. you. I'm not blaming you. You're blaming me, ain't he? Uh, there's a bit of blame there. In uh, Cham Brown, Rogic, Sinclair, but that's leaving McGregor out. I don't think McGregor deserves to be left out. No, Come on, for Cham. You can't. You can't leave him out. So Sinclair, he plays ahead of Sinclair on the left hand side. Who did we? Play, who did we play out wide when we had that four in midfield? The in the kind of box. Who did we have out wide? I can't remember how, how else that happened. When are you talking about? We had Browning and Cham and then ahead of them we had Roderick and, and McGregor. And it yeah. was like a, a square in, the, in midfield. In this it was almost like 2-2-2. Two, two, two. So it was like two settles, two wide players and two attackers. Mm-hmm. When we played 3 You're five, just trying two. to shoehorn Roderick in. <laughs> you really are. Oh, <laughs> you really are. Um, Morgan's... Oh, Morgan's uh, back in training. Is um, he? He's back in training. Good. Uh, he could be key. He could be key. He really could be. Um, That's be ridiculous even saying that. That is ridiculous. Why? Because he's came for St. Mon and he's, we don't even know anything about him. Aye, we do. Not in a Celtic shot, we don't. Well, we'll see. Um, but it's, like, it's just, again, a situation we shouldn't be in that we're, we're realistically saying well, that no. this boy could no, no. be important Sin- Sin- We've got Sinclair and we've got Forrest who are starting in the wings. He has looked impressive in... He's looked impressive for Scotland. He's Scotland, for St Mirren and in this short game time. When he came on away against Alishkart, he, he looked positive. He looked as if he was trying to take the game forward. He, I didn't say he would be key. He could be key, Louis. A wee bit of positivity. A wee here, bit of positivity. Come on. Cheer up, man. No, a- man. Anyway, Sign somebody. Louis, your uh, prediction for the Hamilton game? Uh, 4-0 So Manny 3-0 Your predictions for oh, the so negative Hibs and, Aberde- <laughs> Hibs and Aberdeen Hibs and Aberdeen uh, Hibs 2-1 So Manny Where is it? It's at uh, Easter Road 3-1 Hibs And your predictions for Motherwell Rangers It's at Fur Park um, Do you know what? <laughs> I, t- I always take a draw on the old Koopman uh, for, for them, so I'm going to go a 1-1 score draw. So many? Nothing each. Lovely. Uh, my predictions are Celtic 4-0 versus Hamilton, Hibs to defeat Aberdeen 2-1, and Motherwell to draw two each with... Rangers. So, so you copied Louis, but then said, oh, "I'll make it a different <laughs> score." <bro." laughs> yeah. uh, Louis it's pleasure as always, sir. Thanks. I wish we could speak for another couple of hours about the, the defensive lack of players. Chris Amani, pleasure as always. Thanks very much. I'm Chris Got that Friday feeling. We are the 90 Minute Cynic, and we'll speak to you down the road.
The Kaiser has a cyst and I'm a blank one List the qualms you have and if they stick They will drown you in a crick In the neck of a woods that was popular